Hey everyone and welcome to Church at Home with Riverside Online. We know just how challenging it has been to persevere with Church at Home. But I want to remind you that even though we are not physically gathering together, Jesus is with you in the same way He is with me. And so be encouraged that God is still speaking and changing lives. If this is your first time or if you have been joining us online and you want to let us know, please click the connect with us link on our website and we will be in touch with you personally. There are lots of ways you can stay connected with us. You'll find us on social media and you can also download our Church Oikos app, which will keep you updated with church news, encouraging articles, sermons and so much more. Please don't forget that if you've missed any of our previous messages, you'll find them all on our Riverside Community SA YouTube channel. But being online also gives you the opportunity to share the good news of what God is saying to us with your family and friends. So please like and share. We'll be hearing from Craig today as he shares an important message from the Sermon on the Mount. Enjoy. my big loves and passions is cooking and it's something that uh, I really do enjoy and it brings me great pleasure when I am learning a new technique if I am working on an ingredient and I really get it well um, cook it really well and and it's just something that brings me great great joy but something that I'm not very good at in the kitchen is baking you know cooking meats proteins those kinds of things man I just Really, really easy for me. But for some reason, I struggle with baking. So much so that I've even uh, enrolled in baking courses online to try and get myself better at this aspect of cooking in the kitchen. Now, I have two small kids and uh, they uh, love snacks. And uh, it was a little bit cold a couple of days ago and uh, they wanted something to snack on. So I thought, you know what? I am going to give baking another shot. So, being a complete nerd, I get out some of my cookbooks, I, I get uh, the computer open and I'm starting to research recipes and, and, and checking for something that I want to work on and I decide to uh, go with biscuits. I think, you know what, okay, there's not too many raising agents in there, not too much I can get wrong. And so, uh, I decided on a Nigella Lawson double chocolate chip biscuit. The recipe looked great, had all the ingredients. I measured everything out and I went for it. Now have a look at the result. Something went wrong again in the baking. Look, I got to eat one biscuit that day and it was amazing, but I got it wrong. So I went over to my mom. Now my mom is, when it comes to baking, man, she is amazing. And she never gets anything wrong when it comes to baking. And so I went to chat to her. I said, mom, you make biscuits all the time. I know how to cook, but I went wrong somewhere. You know, help me understand. So she started to ask some diagnostic questions. And so she said, Craig, did you weigh everything out? I said, yes, everything. I weighed it perfectly to the gram. Okay, tell me about the eggs. It's like, okay, well, I thought my egg was a bit small. So I added a second egg because I thought the batter was a little bit stiff. And she was like, well, what were you expecting? It's like, what do you mean? She says, Craig. Cooking is not like baking. You have a recipe and you need to stick to the recipe. I was like, ah. She's like, Craig, if you deviate from that, well then what were you expecting? You're going to get the results uh, that you get because you don't follow it. 
correctly. Okay, Craig, is this a cooking channel or, or are you teaching us from God's Word today? Well, I wanted to set that up because we've been going through this incredible sermon series uh, called Living Upside Down. We have been focusing in on the revolutionary sermon that Jesus preached, known as the Sermon on the Mount. We're into week 16, and it has just been incredible as we've been uh, hearing these words of Jesus, as they've been going deep into hearts, exposing so much of who we are and what we believe and how we trust Him. But now He's shifting. See, He's almost done with all of His teaching components on the Sermon on the Mount. From here on in, in, in our series, there's going to be no more well hearing like Jesus going, well, you've heard this from the Lord, but I tell you this. He's kind of done with the the formal teaching parts, and now he's going to be posing responses to us. He's going to be going, now what are you going to do after you've been hearing this teaching on the kingdom? See, what we have in the Sermon on the Mount is a recipe. If you don't like cooking, think of it like a guide, a manual. We have everything that Jesus wanted to teach us about the nature of the kingdom, what it means to be a follower of him, what it means to be a disciple of him. And so for the rest of uh, the, the components that he's going to be speaking on, is going to be how do you think about what he has taught us? There is a recipe. There is something for us to follow. Something very clear. And it's going to be up to us on how we're going to respond to that. So as Jesus is shifting gears, as he is going into uh, another kind of uh, Gear with regards to what it means to follow him, let us have a look at the passage today. Now, I don't want you to rely just on the words on the screen. Maybe push pause and, and grab a Bible so that you can follow uh, with me. But we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 7, from verse 7 down to 12. So, Matthew 7, verses 7 to 12. And this is what it says. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For anyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So there are two key components in this passage. And we're going to look at them um, uh, in those two, two sections. And then you're going to see how beautifully they tie up and get the encouragement from it. In this message. So here is the first part, verses 7 and 8. Now it's important, and just a side note, if you're just reading this and you just read this passage, and this is kind of the only thing you read, uh, I think uh, it might get you quite excited. You see, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, and whoever seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened to you. Like reading that, that's just going, well, that seems too good to be true. You mean I just get to ask and I receive and if I seek, I find, you know, and the knock, the door's going to be open to me. You know, wow, that is amazing. You know, and, and this is what's led people to 
kind of maybe have a false idea of what it means to be in relationship with God, what it means to pray, what it means to ask God for something. Because if I take that at literal face value, you know, that means like, well, God's my genie, you know, and I rub the lamp and boof, I get my three wishes, you know, and I can just imagine like if that was true, you know, my daughter got hold of this. Uh, everybody's going to be riding around on unicorns in, in glitter rain, you know, and if, if, it was true at face value that I ask, I receive. I know what evils lurk in, in my heart. And this just becomes so dangerous if we just take it at this value. But remember, this is the Sermon on the Mount. This passage fits into a much larger context where Jesus is teaching about the kingdom. Jesus has been teaching us on what it means to follow him. And so when we read this, we have to understand that Jesus has now shifted gears. He's been showing us what the kingdom is. He's been teaching about what it means to be a part of the kingdom. And so now he's giving us our first bit of response to that teaching. So when you hear these words, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, he's talking about the kingdom. And life inside the kingdom. For whoever seeks then finds. Again he's talking about seeking within the framework of what Jesus has taught about the kingdom. And whoever knocks, same thing. The door will be opened. You know, uh, I, I love having um, my young family and engaging with them on matters of life and faith and they are growing in their understanding of Jesus and the Lord and it's just a wonderful thing when we sit down and pray together as a family but sometimes especially my, my little daughter Edith gets frustrated and she goes you know dad I prayed and Jesus didn't answer my prayer and she gets quite frustrated and we have to talk to her and go well think about what you asked for you know there's a difference between uh her asking for a Coke at 11 o'clock at night and an apple at snack time. One is always going to be a no and the other is always going to be a yes. And so asking for certain things in the right context, in the right space is going to get you more yeses than no's. And this is what I mean by us having this recipe, this God and this framework, and, and this is what is so exciting about what Jesus is going to in this part of the passage. You see, we have before us this uh, teaching about Jesus. He's shown us what it means to be a part of the kingdom. Jesus then enabled us to enter into the kingdom by his life and death on the cross in our place for our sins, where he then rose victorious over our greatest enemies, sin, shame, and death. What that means is when we submit to him and we trust him, we then enter into the kingdom. We become sons of God, co-heirs in the kingdom with Christ. We get to call God our father. So we are part of the kingdom. Jesus has taught what that looks like, what it means to live out the kingdom, how to understand the law and grace and, and how we, we execute kingdom life. And now he's gone. It's even greater than that. Because now I've shown you and I've taught you. Now you can ask for it. You can ask and it will be given to you. Not the genie. It's not saying I'm going to give you the Ferrari when you pray for the Ferrari. In fact, and this is maybe a little bit hard to wrap our heads around. We don't always like this. But Jesus is concerned about us getting the kingdom more than anything else. And in fact, the kingdom 
is more important than anything else. So, um, me understanding the kingdom is more important than my happiness. You know, well, you, you know, Jesus wants me to get that more than he wants me to have anything else. Which is why in uh, Matthew 6.33, a few uh, moments before, while Jesus is teaching on the sermon, he says, I want you to seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you as well. What's most important is that we get this. In fact, that's why Jesus died. That's why he rose again, is for us to be able to enter into the kingdom. Restoration to the Father, uh, being in that relationship, which has eternal value. Everything else only has temporary value. So I might pray for a new car. I won't get it. I might get it. I might not. That's not the point. But every time I pray for something around the kingdom... Then I am going to get it. And this is where this becomes this foolproof thing. So when Jesus has been teaching about worry and anxiety, I can come to him and ask for peace. And I can use and seek these scriptures and apply them to my life. And when I'm submitting to the words of Jesus, when I'm putting myself under the authority of the teaching of the word of Jesus and, and aligning my heart with his words, and I'm asking, God, help me to live without worry. Help me, I'm asking, Jesus, help me to trust you more with my life. You have said in your word that I'm more valuable than the birds in the air and the flowers of the field. And so you're going to take care of me like you take care of them. You've said that, I want to believe it. I'm asking that you help me trust you. I'm not the same person that I was 20 years ago, 15, 10, 5 years ago. And I know that I'm not going to be the same person in five years' time. And as I've walked with the Lord, as I've sought Him, as I've tried to live out the kingdom and all the words of Scripture, I've seen this true in my own life. That these words in Matthew chapter 7 have been true for me. You see, because... Uh, I, I look back at my life and while I've had hard times and there've been financially difficult times, there's been health crisis in my family. I can say this with absolute certainty. There's not been a single day in my life when I've gone hungry and there's not been a single day when I've not had clothes to put on my, on my body and a roof over my head. That I look at this and I go, you know what, God, every promise that you have said in your word has been true for me. You have taken care of me. And so I know that I can trust you when it comes to things that you have spoken about the kingdom. I can, I can trust you with some of the temptations that I've had in my life. I can say, God, help me love my wife better. Help me be a better dad. God, help me to love my neighbor as you love me and you love them. That I can go to scripture and seek him in here. And get those truths and apply it to my life and see the evidence of it working itself out. That I have a recipe. And I'll go as far as to say a foolproof recipe for kingdom living at my disposal. Jesus has given me everything that I need. He's shown me how to live. He's empowered that by his victory over my sin and my shame. He's taken away the fear of death. He's restored me to the Father. And when he ascended to heaven, God sent his spirit to empower me to the fullness of living out the kingdom. I have it. Jesus has taught it. He's modeled it. And now he's even said, 
Ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. So we have this available to us. If I'm struggling in my, in, in my relationship with my wife, if I'm struggling in my relationships with people, if I'm struggling as a dad, if I'm uh, not getting it right in, in my workplace environments, if there's personal things in my life, issues of sin that are repeating, things that I'm not getting right, if I'm not getting my prayer life right, Jesus has taught about all of that. He's, he's explained how it works. And he said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open. So that's the first part uh, in this teaching that's important for us. That, that he, there's an invitation here for you and I to even push further into kingdom life. With getting everything that we want to the fullest out of everything that he's taught. Again, he's concerned about the kingdom more than anything else. So if you and I are submitting to that and we're pushing into that, we are going to see Jesus answering that and seeing the fruit of that in our lives more often than not. Then Jesus goes on in this passage and he says, uh, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly or your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, don't dial out because you're not a parent. You understand this principle. So I had a, a situation um, a couple of nights ago. Uh, my daughter, shame I'm mentioning a lot in this, but uh, it's just our reality. Woke up. I checked the time. It was 4.45 a.m. And she was standing next to my bed and she said, Dad, I'm hungry. I was like, oh, no. You know, anyway, and so I got up and uh, rummaged around the kitchen. I eventually found her uh, a little snack that uh, she could eat and sat with her on her bed while she uh, ate her snack. But here's the thing, right? She's my daughter. Did I want to get out of bed? No. You know, was I a little bit grumpy? Yes. But she asked, she was hungry, and I got her a snack. There is no ways that uh, seeing my daughter hungry in the morning, that I was going to give her some stones from the garden. We just don't do that. You know, there's something in us that goes, you know what? You know, my kids are always hungry. They're always snacking on something. Um, and so, you know, when they say, hey, Dad, can you make me some lunch, please? I go, of course. You know, I make them a sandwich or, you know, cook them up some pasta, whatever, you know. But there's just no ways that I'm going to give them something uh, ugly or something evil. We just, we don't do that. What, what does that say about me and the kind of person that I am if that's how I behave with my kids? And as Jesus is going and, and, and he's likening my behavior as a father to our perfect heavenly father. And so if me being evil by nature and redeemed by the grace of God and still struggling every single day to figure that out and to trust him. If even I know how to give good gifts to my children when they ask, how much more? And I love that. What an invitation. How much more will your heavenly father give you good gifts when you ask? What Jesus is doing is he's put his hands out like this. He's taught, and even for us hearing this, his hands are open and he's saying, 
Are you going to take the invitation to take part in life in the kingdom in a greater, far more significant way where you are actually enjoying the full fruits and fullness of that? Saying like, ask the Father. The invitation is there. He is good. He is perfect in all of his ways. And he loves us. See, sometimes the weight of uh, scripture can feel heavy. Because what it's doing is it's exposing what we think, what we believe. Especially the Sermon on the Mount. It's asking questions about where our heart is. Uh, what masters we're serving. What do we actually value and treasure. How we view people. And, and, and it's exposing so much. But in all of this, and especially this invitation from Jesus here, is it's showing that this isn't what God wants from us, but what he wants for us. And this good, perfect father has his hands open and is inviting us, come and join in. Everything is here for you to have the fullness of kingdom life. Ask, ask me, I love you and I want to give you good gifts. Remember, it's not my daughter asking for a Coke uh, just before bedtime, but rather asking for an apple at snack time. One is always going to be a yes. And when we engage in life in the kingdom, here is a good God who wants to give good gifts to those who ask him. The character of God is revealed fully here. He wants us to enjoy relationship with him to the fullest. He's invited us into kingdom life. Jesus has made a way fully for us to uh, be restored to the Father. He's empowering us to live as his people here on earth, to live out the kingdom. We just have to ask. It will be given to us. We get to seek it and we will find it. We get to knock and the door will be open for us because we've got this good father. And if you know how to give good gifts and you are by nature evil, we've needed Jesus to do the work for us, to restore us to the father because we were so far removed because of our sin and being enemies of God. How much more does God want to give good gifts to us in light of what he has taught about the kingdom. So I want to ask you, what are you actually asking for? And this is important because this shapes what we are thinking about our life and, and, and relationship with Jesus. And just as my mom kind of said to me when I was explaining my bit of a baking disaster, she said, well, what were you expecting? And so when I think about that and I think about everything that Jesus has shown us and taught us and enabled us and the invitation before us to engage in it. If you are struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling in your relationships, in your parenting, in your marriage, but you're not submitting to what Jesus has taught in the kingdom. And if you're not asking for him to help you in that well, what were you expecting? What kind of results are you expecting if you are not jumping at the opportunity and the invitation to ask God to intervene in your life as you submit your life to everything that he has taught in the kingdom? 
What an incredible recipe. What, a, what an incredible uh, the, the thing that we have to enjoy with our lives. But if we reject that, if we're not submitting to that, well, then what are we expecting is going to be happening in our lives? And so again, what are we asking for? What are we seeking? Where are we knocking uh, in terms of trying to uh, engage with Jesus in our lives? Now, with this, I just am so, and I really want to implore you as you are listening to this and to really understand the gravity of the invitation. See, even more so, I love this this verse by Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 15. He says this, says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not in vain. He says, no, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. See, what we understand here is that, and we love this analogy, and we sometimes talk about this a lot at Riverside, is that this is where we can can maybe get this wrong. and And it's important to understand this. Jesus has taught about the kingdom. He has invited us into being a part of that by his death, resurrection, and ascension to the Father. And then he has sent uh, God's empowering spirits to enable us to do all of this. And so with that and the invitation to ask and engage with God around all of these things, and he said he's going to give. And if we seek, we're going to find. You know, and he wants to give good things to us. That this is really important to see the invitation and what is uh, available to us. And so when we see here where Paul says, you know, I've worked harder than anyone, but not me, but by God's grace that was at work within me. We often talk about three kind of analogies or pictures when it comes to walking the Christian life, living out the kingdom. The one is a rowboat. Where it's you and the oars and you're straining and you're straining and you're straining and you're trying to put in all this effort and you're seeing so little gain in your life. The other is the analogy of the speedboats where you're just enjoying the ride and it's the engine where you do nothing and you expect your life to all of a sudden snap of a finger. Well, you know, I trusted Jesus for this. Why has my life not changed? Because you think that all the work is, is outsourced and it's just the spirit and not you. But we love the image of the yacht and the yacht, the, the crew on the boat or the person manning the yacht is doing everything he can to catch the wind. And he works so hard at getting the sails to catch the wind and powering the boat. And often you hear about a crew exhausted after a race saying they're so thankful for the wind. And so this is what we have here. Is that there is God's spirit working powerfully in us. There's a God who wants to transform us into his likeness. Who wants us to live out the fullness of the kingdom. But we get to participate in that. And us conforming ourselves to read scripture. To uh, apply it to our lives. To walk in step and model and trust by faith. And we're going to see much fruit with that. And so I want to encourage you with those three questions uh, this, in this message. The first one is this. What are you asking for? 
if you're struggling in any relationships, if you're struggling with issues of sin in your life, where you're falling short of God's standard for your life, if you're battling as a parent, as a husband or a wife, a spouse, you have God's word available to you that is such life. And so ask God to intervene. Ask God for healing in your relationships. Ask God for breakthrough in areas of sin. But by reading scripture and seeing what he has to say. In fact, I want to encourage you to go back and reread the Sermon on the Mount a couple of times. Journaling and, and maybe writing down where you see that you're maybe struggling a little bit. And then very specifically, ask God to intervene. Say, God, I want you to please change my marriage. I want you to bring about restoration in this relationship. Help me forgive this person. And as you are asking and as you are seeking him and seeking uh, for those truths in scripture to walk in that. What I mean by that is by faith, start to act and live out those principles that you read as you are asking him. And that as you act, the empowering presence of God and, and the transforming work of the Spirit will bring about fruit in those areas. So what are you asking? What are you seeking? What are you knocking on? What are you trying to have breakthrough in your lives? Where, where do you want to see change in your family and your life? It's here in Scripture. Jesus has revealed it to us. And I want to encourage you to take the opportunity. Take the invitation by Jesus to engage in a far deeper, far more meaningful way in the kingdom. So glad that you took part in the message today. And I want you to maybe just spend some time as a family praying through some of these things. And maybe just take some time to acknowledge just how good God is. And to acknowledge that He is this perfect Father. That He wants to give good gifts to you. That He wants you to enjoy the fullness of kingdom life. And so pray about that this morning following the prayer prompts that are going to be on the screen. Thank you so much for joining us today in Riverside Online. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a wonderful week.